Rattlestick are used uh, simultaneously during any ceremony or festival. This one is used to summon the, uh, the spirit of the ancestors. The other one is used to confirm the prayer in the shrine by shaking it like this. For some reason, that worked. Jesus Christ, computers are so fucking stupid. Either way, <laughs> we are back. And this week, Quentin, we are Screams of Pain in Battle Rap. Um, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. I had no clue what you were alluding to with this name when you suggested <laughs> it. And I still don't really understand it or why it was well, said during commentary. So. I was hoping to actually get your input here as one of the <laughs> foremost voices in uh, battle rap media. Um, do you believe that Ben K screams in pain in battle rap style? You know, I haven't really paid attention to that. <laughs> it's not really <laughs> something that I've been like, that I that I really zeroed in on. And like, hmm, that felt like a really battle rapish way to express pain. Not, okay. not, not something that I've, particularly pointed out so maybe i have to go and do my home go do my homework and really pinpoint on ben k's uh vocal selling during matches yeah so so we'll see what do you think about the ben k battle rap gimmick situation here because some people are absolutely adore it and make a big deal about it but i don't necessarily know that it's people who are particularly into battle rap or hip-hop in general I mean, it's fine to me. The more so with Ben K, it's just a thought I had while watching Final Gate. It's just how many different gimmick changes and looks he's gone through over the last six years. That's just like, God damn, man. Like, yeah, I don't even really know what to make of you at a certain point. It's just been, it's just been so many different things, so many different looks, so many, many different iterations of the guy that like, when I think of Ben K, I'm not even really sure that I have a specific thing that I think about or a specific era or time period I think about because he's a different person every year, it seems like. Yeah. Like, so that was so that's more so my thought is just like how many different gimmicks the guys had in such a short career. Right, right. I yeah, I just um it is crazy. I mean, obviously a big part of that is because he was such a focus so quickly that they were like rushing him to yeah to be like a a star that they kind of gave him a weird gimmick that i mean i I don't know the initial well i was gonna say the initial gimmick didn't really fit him but 
the initial gimmick wasn't much of a gimmick, was it? Like, I'm just trying to like kind of thinking of yeah, it. Well, yeah, it, well, yeah, it was yeah, like the when we first see him, there's not much there, but then eventually we see him in kind of like the uh, kind of like I guess uh, I don't want to I don't want to like mislabel them as karate pants, but like some sort of like like martial art pants like yeah. that, that he's that he's wearing that he's wearing for a bit, and then he has and then he has um then he like changes it to something more pro style, and it's not really distinct, super distinct either. And it's just been like a like a few different iterations and a bunch of different a bunch of different looks, different hairstyles, a, bu- a bunch of stuff. And it's just I don't I don't I don't know, man. It's notice it's notable for a guy that was that's a former Dreamgate champion. Like there's yeah. a guy that won the Dreamgate and then went on and then went on a run beating beating like uh, having having matches with Yoshino and Doi and stuff like that. Like the guy was given a real real legit push. And was pegged to be a star, and I don't know what I think of a guy that's meant that's meant to be one of like the those company leading stars. Seeing him go through like such drastic gimmick changes or character changes so often is kind of weird and stands out a lot. But again, to, to the battle rap thing, I don't I don't really notice it. Casey's Casey's been there forever long doing his thing. Like I don't like right. it's just it's just because it's just kind of the same shit to me. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like to me, it's like vaguely hip hop adjacent. I guess I don't even think of it as being necessarily battle rap and like whatever. But like, yeah. And then on top of that, like I don't necessarily think that it's very modern. It feels very eighties, like you know, kind of hip hop vibe. If anything, um. So it's just kind of out of out of touch. But what do you expect? Like, that's how wrestling works at this point. Um, like everything is the touchstones can be decades off. It's so rare. That's why someone like Swerve Strickland is like such a breath of fresh air when you see him coming across like a contemporary, you know, what's actually cool kind of person. Um, but yeah, I just it's weird. But again, I'm not I don't follow Dragon Gate. I don't, you know, super closely. I don't. Uh, I don't really sit around and listen to the promos because you know i don't understand what they're saying a lot of times but i'm hearing from people who who you would think would know but it's always tough when you're talking about dragon gate to really uh, uh, trust someone's opinion because everyone is so this company makes people so weird um that like this is you know the best as you're talking about all these gimmick changes the best and the most charisma that's come out of him and the real him and it's just so funny how much his career continues to kind of mirror the the Roman Reigns kind of career trajectory except for you know at this point he's not having that superstar top of the company championship push but it is that you know rush him to being over not necessarily quite getting there wins the title kind of under delivers to begin with as the top guy. And then now kind of has started to put it together in a, a heel character showing some attitude. And it's like, oh, okay, now he's starting to really come into his own. Um, just, yeah, again, it's it's always so weird the way that that stuff can happen where booking can, no matter what, it's like booking can just be so similar and, and people can have these design because wrestling is kind of basic, basically. So it just kind of follows the same uh, the same trajectories over and over again. Yeah, no, I, I definitely look at Ben K. And I'm like, oh yeah, that will be a guy that would like definitely benefit from like, because there's a there's a there's a unit disbandment unit disbandment match coming up, um, high end versus Zebrats, and who's going to wind up being disbanded, which is probably going to be high end, but like 
when I look at the Dragon Gate roster and I'm looking at who could probably use like a fresh coat of paint, like I know that the battle rap thing is like new and fun, but like I feel like you know Ben K. Like right now, we I think I think we're good on like the young up and coming baby faces. I think we're good. I think we're good on that side. Yeah. When we, you know, while while we have Yoshioka, while we have uh, you know D Courage and all those guys, while we have Kota Minora, I think we're good on that. So I'm. Why not just turn? Why not turn Ben K heel? And if we're gonna, you know, maybe break up Zebrats and do whatever and create like another DG heel unit, then like I feel like Shun, Diamante, Ben K, like you know, uh, SBK sounds like a good start to a great heel unit. And I know, I know, I know, I got the best stuff of Ben K is newish, but I feel I look, I look at the roster and I feel like he's the guy that like. Could use that like completely new fresh fresh coat of paint. I guess we're here, so why not talk about Final Gate? So (laughs) yeah, I I was like, ah, save it for the end, but might as well. We've been talking about it enough, right? We might as well just just do it. There's no reason to save it for the end. Um, so yeah, Final Gate. Obviously, we've been talking about Ben K, the champion or the title match, um, the the challenger in the main event here. Um, open up the show eight man tag. M3K versus Natural Vibes. Uh, obviously, the Natural Vibes thing is great. The entrance and and the dance and everything, and the group itself. Um, like, like Strong Machine J really stands out to me as a guy who, like, from the beginning felt like he wasn't going to put it together, and then now really has. And in, in the weirdest fucking way, with this dancing gimmick and uh, you know break dancing and the whole thing with the mask on, just seems so odd. But it's just like it is a testament to to what can work in wrestling and why dragon gate I think does work is that like other places might dig their heels in for this kid and be like, Oh, he's got to be like his dad, but no, he can be completely different. Still have the mask, still play that kind of character, but be completely different. And then M3K coming out and just how it's like, you know, playing off of the M2K thing and like the year 2000 coming out on the razor. I was just thinking about how fucking funny it is. Like, to think about your dad is making you be in this gimmick. That's like a throwback to, you know, 20 years ago when he like being cool from 20 years ago or whatever with the razor scooters and all that. It's just, it's so funny how different the, like the dimensions of the, of the gimmick is now um, compared to like the, you know, the original N2K Um, just, I just, I was appreciating that just the two teams coming out. Um, But uh, yeah. What did you think? uh, You know, the match is is obviously the match, but what do you think Quentin? Uh, no, I enjoy. I I enjoyed it. Um, for me, when stuff for stuff like this, if you watch Dragon Gate, you've seen matches like this before. You see matches like this all the time. So like, there's not always a bunch to ride home about. So like, you what you do is you start just paying attention to the other guys, to the younger guys, and things like that. So you want to pay attention, to, like not really as much like Jet, like Funky Jackie or Jason Lee anymore, but like you want to pay attention to Strong Machine J. You want to pay attention to Mochizuki Junior. So that's what I was paying attention to. Strong Machine J looks really good, looks great, and I'm really interested to see what 2023 looks like for him because I think he could have a really good year. I think he's ready to get to do more to to get to do more single stuff, or at least do more meaningful tag stuff if they give him the right partner. And Mochizuki Junior is really is really fucking fun, man. Like I know that they're like having him do this stuff with Mochizuki and every and everything there, and I'm enjoying all of it, but like. I, w- I just I'm, you know, I, I want to see him do a little bit more too. I think that both of those guys are really pegged to have fun years next year. 
So those those that's what I was paying attention to. This is fun, typical Dragon Gate opener opener of the card stuff. But I enjoyed watching those guys. Yeah, no, definitely agree with everything you're saying there. And yeah, Strong Machine J is an interesting one to see because it's like, what do you do with this guy? Do they keep him as a strong machine or do they take the mask off and have him play a different character eventually? It's kind of it, it will be interesting to see yeah. um, where they go with him because it's just it's in some ways it feels like a hindrance that you have. You know, there is the history of all time great masked baby faces and you can make it work. Just go with it. Um, uh, follow this up. You got kind of a rookies versus veterans kind of tag. Um Kaito Nagano and Yoshiki Kaito, uh, Kato, Kaito, I don't know, um, versus Mondo Ryu um, and Takeshi Yoshida. Um, you know, this is quick, three minutes, it's whatever. Um, Yoshida, I feel like, has lost so much from taking the mask off. I don't know if you like him more now, but I just, I don't know. I kind of. Uh, I mean, I mean, I've part. never. I mean, I've never. I've, I mean, I've never cared for him any, any, ever anyway. So sure. like, is it like it's like literally just like okay, he's not Cyber Kong anymore. All right, that's fine. Sure. Like I, I, I just, I've never yeah. really cared about him either way. I just feel like Cyber Kong at least was something, and now this is just being himself. He's just kind of boring. Cyber, Cyber Kong felt like maybe had like a little bit more intensity behind it, like. I would see that whenever he got whenever he got his spots in multi man matches or in like Twin Gate stuff, like cyber the cyber the cyber Kong uh moment in the tag would maybe feel a bit more intense than I feel like the uh Takashi Yoshida one does, if that makes sense. I don't know. Like yeah, for sure. I feel like maybe I feel like I feel like maybe that's a little bit of a difference, at least for me. But otherwise it's just the same shit. Um Nagano. Nagano is obviously really good. We've seen a lot of him in the past. I thought Yoshiki looked pretty solid too. Uh Dragon Dragon Gate just continues to keep pumping out like all these all yeah. these really good guys. So Kato's probably gonna definitely gonna be one to like keep your eye on next year for sure. He's gonna be like, you know, eating pins, the veterans the veterans he's gonna be he's gonna be he's gonna be with and stuff like that. But no, Nagano is more someone that like you kind of like already see it i know that you weren't as into him as say like you're into like uh God, who was it Minorita. i think you like say like funk yeah Min- oh, minorita yeah. you weren't like you weren't into like nagano as much as you're in like minorita or whatever which like i totally understand but like i think nagano is still really really good and when they're gonna be in, gonna be in that same like class of guys you mentioned earlier like 2023 is gonna be interesting for him yeah i mean it'll come up a little bit more later on in attack or you know something we want to mention about that but yeah like there's so many young guys that are putting it together you've also got guys who are out on excursion or coming just coming back from excursion to america who feel like they have a fresh coat of paint the biggest one probably being sbk like uh it's going to be very interesting to see where he comes and it almost feels like they're not going to have him come back until after this unit disbands thing and and see what where they go from there with him like it, it will be very interesting to see what they do with him because i've talked about it i heard it mentioned but it's like the closest thing to Akira Tozawa like excursion that he's gone on, which is like showing up in places and just being incredibly over, having insane charisma and just really getting over everywhere he goes to where you're kind of like, okay, like what's this going to bring to him now? Because that's, that's a big part of excursion that I think people overlook and was historically the thing like going out on an excursion was about like 
getting sometimes it was about getting that feeling of like, oh, like I can do this back home. I can be this guy. Because up until that point, a lot of times guys are are not allowed to really get over that much and just kind of be free and do whatever they want when they're still, you know, a young boy. Um, and they go and go somewhere else and they're given the freedom to try stuff out and find out like whatever and then start to feel really confident about themselves. Like, okay, if these if this group of strangers can get this into me, then now what are like my native fans at home going to be if I just do the same thing? So it'll be very interesting to see what he looks like coming back off of such a, a positive excursion. The biggest issue with it being that no one has seen really any of the matches. I mean, you know, very few people in America and I don't know about in Japan because of the kind of places that he's been working. Um, but that said, I mean, it's been a really great excursion. So, so yeah, I mean, the young talent, obviously. And the next match exactly speaks to that. Minorita versus uh, Yo. Um, I thought Yo did a, an amazing job here. You know, we talk about the boo-boo face and people complain about people who are not professional. Yo really went out of his way to make Minorita earn every bit of this to get insanely over. I mean, he already does it on his own, but he was the the apt dance partner to take big bumps, you know, work the bully, get great heat, get the crowd on him, but also sell his ass off, bump big, you know, you know, stooge, show ass, do everything to put over Minorita in the end. Um, lots of intensity just did not come across like he was taking it easy. And Minorita obviously did not drop the ball here in his role. Like, Fiery babyface spots, always fighting from underneath while continuing to sell, never, you know, losing track of what's going on. Um, losing, using the fan. It was something I was going to maybe mention earlier when you're talking about um, uh, Ben K turning baby or turning heel. I'm kind of like, well, is gold class not heels? To me, they've always come across like that's the point is that gold class is supposed to be heels. Um, but at the same time, Minarita is so popular. Ben K is getting popular from what he's doing. So it's kind of like, Using the fan, even if it is like kind of a nothing little cheap spot, it was kind of didn't really make sense in the context of what's going on here. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love the match. I thought it was a great way to continue to move forward with with Minarita. And it is it is very promising because it did feel like Minarita was getting over. But who really knew if the office was going to go with it? And the fact that they give him the Brave Gate title here shows that they're going to get behind it, um, you know, and actually do something with how popular he's becoming. No, um, for me. I thought I thought I think Yo's had a really really good year, and I feel like he's probably been like my favorite type of like mid card champion guy the whole year. And when we do the top fifty, I'm gonna have a spot for him. And I just feel like he's like this is kind of the kind of stuff that I've always wanted to see Yo do. I know that like again, he's not he's he's not Ben he's not Ben K he's not Shun he's not even he's not even Yuki. Like I just I understand that he's not one of those guys, but I always thought that he would be a super valuable guy somewhere on the card just because one, he was a really awesome baby face early on. And it's just like, he really, really took that, that heel role. Great. When they, whenever, whenever they started putting him in, putting him in, in the heel units. And I feel like this has just been nothing but him getting better and better and more comfortable each time. And just makes me clamor to see what he's going to look like as a baby face. Whenever they turn him again, I, I thought, I thought, I think he has been excellent this year. He's been great. Excellent here versus Minarita. This is why Dragon Gate is such a funny play sometimes is because we know, all know like Hio Watanabe is like far from the biggest person in wrestling and even is like kind of yeah, small right. for like the standards of the Dragon Gate roster. But then like in this circumstance, in this situation right here, he's like the perfect big bully 
versus versus Minorita, who's even smaller than him. And I love the way they played off of that. So this is re- this is really fun. I'm not I think I'm over the, over the moon about it or anything, but like, but just a really good performance overall, and just I'm just I'm just really happy for Hio. I, I guess that for a while this guy was kind of toiling away on the undercard and not really getting to do a lot, despite feeling he was always super talented. And you know something changed, and he's really taken to everything they've given him for the last for the last. Uh, year or so and i'm just excited to see what, what what else we can see for him yeah no exactly um yeah moving forward with him again there's he's another guy who definitely could play into the what's going to happen when things kind of get mixed up we'll definitely see um the cocky heel character kind of works perfectly for him so i wouldn't want him to go far away from that uh but we'll see um if, I, if, I, tag, if i'm building if, oh. if, if, if i'm building a heel unit again like I'm, I'm doing. I want to keep Shun and Diamante. I don't, I'm not, I'm not ready to turn Shun yet, so I'm keeping Shun, Diamante, SBK. Yeah. Like ideally, I would want Ben K turning heel, and I would, be, I'd, and I'd want Hio. I'd, I'd, I'd be fine with like that kind of like core five as a, as yeah. um, as as your heel unit. You get the guys who are the pen eaters and stuff like that. But like, I would love that as like a really strong five for. A new for a for a new heel unit. I know, like you know, for Ben K, that's maybe not very likely right now, but like sometime down the line, I would like that. Yeah. Um, eight man tag. We've got Don Fuji, Ada, Genki, and Ho Ho Loon going up against like a team of all dragons. Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> this was like. It was what it was. It had some goofy spots. It had some like lighthearted stuff. It had some action, um, but there was not. I don't know, not much to it. Uh, almost ten minutes, which is kind of crazy on a match where you've got stuff that's going like two minutes, three minutes, and then you've got like the Brave Gate title match before this going like only slightly like longer by a couple seconds, basically. Like, um, I don't know that this needed to go that long, but you've got eight people in there, so it is kind of like, are you even going to go faster? This is. We talk about the positives of Dragon Gate. These are kind of the negatives of Dragon Gate. It's it's it's, it's, it's Ultimo it's Ultimo Dragon. The Ultimo Dragon match is going to get at least you know like right. The, the, the Ultimo Dragon match doesn't go on four minutes. Right. It's going to get some time, and it's just kind of getting everybody on the card. So if you're going to do that, you're going to do it. But up until this point, I mean, this is pretty good. Like when you look at it and you go like, okay, this is like a big show for dragon gate. Obviously it's not like the biggest show. It's not Kobe world or something or anything like that, but it's not a small show. I mean, you know, final gate is, is a you know big four kind of show for them. And it's like breezing by and nothing is really going too long. It's like, okay, this is not, you know, like a, a, a grave sin to have something like this here. Uh, what did you? No, think? no, no. I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so either. Um, like I said, this is fine. Um, really, again, like with stuff like this, I mentioned, I'll just pick something to pay attention to. I love Genki, so I'm always gonna be, be interested in Genki stuff. So I'm just watching mainly Dragon Daya and seeing how and seeing how he fits in and how he's in, and how uh, he looks in the match and his spots and stuff like that because he's really the one that's gonna bring any sort of any sort of excitement to the match. So. That's all I really cared about or pay attention to. Other than that, no, this is fine. It's the, it's the Ultimo Dragon match. Like, there's, it's it's okay. It's just there. Yeah. Uh, follow this up. We got Diamante and Kota Minora. Um, Quentin, what did you think? 
really solid, really solid. Um, not again. This is like the mi- a middle of the car type of match, and we've seen Diamante have show stealers in situations like this too. But this is like still a middle of the card thing versus with two really good guys. Uh, we know that they have something better in them, probably. If that was the goal, if it was a King, King of Gate match, a Corican, a Dreamgate, whatever, that they have a better match in them, that just wasn't really the goal right now. That being said, it was still very good. I thought. Diamante is someone that I, I want to see a Diamante Dream Game match. I would well, I would a, I would love what you said? Oh no, go ahead. Finish what you're saying. Yeah, you know, so I would like I would say I would love to see a Diamante Dream Game Dream Gate match. Um Equator Menorah, he he's just so consistent in every in every single spot, just with his selling and everything. He's so clearly already one of the best baby faces in the world, I think. And I, I thought I thought th- I thought this was really I thought this was really good, you know. I think that there's clearly a better match in them somewhere, but this wasn't the card for it. But they they showed that they have like even better potential with these with this pairing. I think. Yeah, I that's exactly what kind of crossed my mind when you see something like this. You obviously think of like, you know, Japanese booking in general, but especially like yeah, like New Japan kind of does it. Dragon Gate kind of does it. You have a big like just a random singles match right here in the middle of the card with no real reason behind it. Big heel gets the win and you've got the baby face champion in the main event winning. Who's definitely, you know, needs a contender set up. This feels like this should have been the setup for that brave gate match or for the, the dream gate match for, um, for, for Diamante. And I won't say like, like you said, solid, good chemistry between the two Diamante looked great, but, if you're going to be if, to me, if he's going to be setting him up for that big title challenge, I would wanted to see him really make himself look a little bit more dominant. And it's other than in the tags with Shun, I just don't Diamante is a little bit too giving, I think, and not necessarily as good about focusing on getting himself over, especially in a single setting, it seems um, to where like he does some cool spots, you know, actually hitting like a dive for a guy his size and the way that he puts Kotomonora up and down for the power slam uh is fucking nuts with just how smooth he's able to do something with the guy that size. Um but it's like a, something like that just isn't well it's impressive athletically, it's not impressive in the context of wrestling to really get him over as like this dominant aggressive kind of guy and I just think unfortunately it didn't quite live up to to what I would hope for for that because I did kind of feel coming out of it like yeah this should have been building him up for a dream Kate challenge and it almost felt like that was kind of the point commentary and the English commentary was putting him over pretty strong but uh just didn't quite get that that kind of feeling like he's at that next level heated up ready for a big challenge that said I mean I think uh uh, Yuki would have a great match with him just because up until this point he has been Yoshioka has been having great matches with everybody. So I think that the match will be really good and they'll get more time and he'll really do some stuff with a great seller. Um, and hopefully you can see more of that big bully, you know, Diamante that we see in the tag settings more often um, because I think that that would be fantastic. And I think he's a natural challenger for the Dreamgate title, but I just felt like this match missed its mark and really getting that, that side of things over. Well, for what is, for what is worth the next challenger, for the Dreamgate, I think is Shun. Um okay. and you no, know, after this, uh this will have been yeah, Minora, Eita, Yamato, Mochizuki, and then beating um uh 
and then beating Ben K here. Like that have been a, I think five successful defenses. That's five right now, yeah. Yeah, for uh, for for Yuki. So I'm not sure how confident I am that he beat Shun. Granted, like winning True. multiple winning multiple Dream Gates is not something that people do all the, like very often. So I'm I'm curious. I'm uh, I'm 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 I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely curious. Like, at least with these newer guys, that hasn't been a thing that's happened yet. So, if there would be a guy to do it, it would be Shun. It seems like that would be a sure. that'd be a good thing. That'd be an interesting thing to do. But yeah, if Yuki does hold on to the belt, then I would not mind uh, doing Yuki versus Diamante after running Yuki versus uh, versus Shun. Yeah, I think it would make sense. I'll talk about it a little bit when we get into the the main event. Um, what I think what's going on there, but uh, but yeah, moving forward, you got the Triangle Gate. Uh, match here um the zebrats team ishin kai and and shun um i think they just won the the triangle gate titles in the last show that we reviewed when ishin turned yeah gate um, of destiny yeah and they're going up against um shuji kondo toro washi and naruki doi um I guess on loan from DDT, all these guys, including Doi, as everyone knows, he's actually a DDT wrestler now um, and is not uh, signed to Dragon Gate in any way. Um, just just so we're clear there. Totally nothing to do with Dragon yeah. Gate. Just. Yeah, he's, a, he's not a Dragon Gate wrestler anymore. He is DDT and they're letting him work here sometimes when they feel like it. No, um, obviously, that's the whole thing that people were upset about, I guess, because people we're trying to act like what whatever and didn't understand what's going on here either way um i didn't i don't know like toro washington i guess i should have thought of it that they would him and doi would be buddies but it feels like a lot of doi's matches in ddt are teaming with toro washi um so i guess mm. they must be friends or there's just like the background between the two of them the connection there was too uh <laughs> too easy for them not to to go with um either way um you know, Zebrats, I really, really like Zebrats. I thought that there was some action in here that, like, absolutely brought it. But I think that there was not a ton of, I don't know, not a ton of focus. Um, there was some, it was basically just a lot of cool spots. And with kind of older guys and not necessarily the the fastest guys, it wasn't, it just felt like a different kind of Triangle Gate match, I'll say, than what you're used to from from. Dragon Gate. Even going into the finish with Ishin using the powder. Um I mean, I guess Dragon Gate's kind of known for shenanigans and things like that, but it really did not feel the Triangle Gate matches to me, when I think of dr- Triangle Gate matches, I think of a lot of action, you know, fast pace, all of that, and not really a lot of stuff like this. But I think I think they really are trying to get over Ishin as a badass heel and bringing in something like that kind of makes sense. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that I hated this and I thought that Zebrats continue to be over. But uh, but, you know, it was just kind of whatever. And like I said, maybe a little bit disappointing because I'm kind of expecting kind of a stereotypical triangle gate match. I mean, yeah, I'm in the, I don't really care for this, honestly. I don't really have any uh, any strong thoughts on this. Um, I don't get much from Kondo or Awashi. Uh, 
at the, at, the, at this point in time, and you know, Doi is doing what he can, but like this isn't like an extra motivated Doi here. So I, I, don't, I don't know. Like I don't really have a ton to add on this. This happened. I think Ishin is looking good in in the in these settings. It's interesting that they're putting like the shenanigan stuff on Ishin. Would it feel like that should maybe be more of a Kai thing? Uh, in right. in this situation, here, I get it that Kai is a former Dreamgate champ, but like that feels like that should be more of an Ishin. But that's more of a Kai thing as you're building like Ishin up as more maybe like this more like this like quiet baby face assassin type. So if that's the so if that's the case, I feel like Kai should be doing it more. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't got much to say. I thought this was like just kind of just kind of there. There's a few matches on here that like aren't the kind of like Dragon Gate tag match bangers that you expect. They're just filling up time and filling up the card, and they're not offensive or anything. But they're not like the go like like blow away stuff that we've come to expect sometimes from like Dragon Gate tags, especially on Final Gate. Final Gate has like historically some of these like really amazing tags twin gate title matches uh um treat the triangle gate title matches stuff like that that like have usually been like awesome and really good match of the year level stuff and this one just didn't have that yeah there was nothing in that regard that really stood out and uh, the Asian thing like i said i think that it's it feels like the idea is uh that's just keep the crowd from kind of wanting to babyface him and wanting him to be a cool heel. Cause it does it. I could definitely see being concerned with that because he, people were already kind of liking him. I think that they'll continue to like him. And then Zebrats is already kind of a cool heel ish stable. I think that they wanted, they want to make him a bad guy. So having him do bullshit like this is like kind of, they've shown, you know, historically you've seen like, that's the only way to, to really get somebody to be a heel especially in Japan, but I mean, kind of in America too at this point, but to actually get someone to get heat is to have them do bullshit that kind of disappoints the crowd, which sucks because then it turns into that argument, right? Where they go like, oh, well, the reason why his matches stink is because he's a heel, like the Carl Anderson thing that people were recently trying to say. Um, But it's not necessarily that, you know, although like we both kind of agreed this match wasn't that good. So Um, either way, main event, uh, Shingo Takagi, BB Hulk versus... uh, um, I, I, Kakuda, I like it's hard for me not to call him hip hop Kakuda naturally. Um, and Yamato, um, Quentin, what did you think of the tag here? This is really fun. It's like a really just fun Shingo, Shingo on loan, and we're getting to see him do something cool. Thing, uh, obviously, every Shingo, Shingo and Yamato have amazing chemistry, they've always had amazing chemistry. So, seeing them together is great. BB Hulk is there, he exists. Him teaming with him teaming with Shingo is funny, the funny interactions they have there. But obviously, the main thing here is like the Shingo and Kakuda interactions, and like this Kakuda stepped up like amazingly yes. in the situation. He stepped up like he really like. Not only is this like Dragon Gate royalty, but this is now a, at this point a, a former former IWGP champion. <laughs> like, like this is like. This is like real royalty that you're in front of, and like a match that's really about getting you over. And I thought Kakuda stepped up really, really well. I know that he gets left out of these discussions when we talk about like these Dragon Gate guys. He's a guy that's like by this point gets a little left out when you have Yuki and Koda and everyone 
and uh Dra- and dragon dragon Daya and all these all these guys sbk like it's easy to just kind of forget about kakuda but this is a reminder of like how they view kakuda yeah he's a pin eater here i understand but like this is also like a reminder of how they view him that they would put him in this spot and that they do have some semblance of a high view of him and he's both and he's deserving of it he's a big guy that can be powerful and bump his ass off he's like He's really, really awesome. So I thought this was a really fun match. I love this, um, and it's really just you know mainly just off the off the off of the Takagi and Kakuda interactions. Yeah, and obviously there's the obligatory reference to it there. So you know when Kakuda ha- is bumping his ass off, it takes as much as it would take for more the most people like two times or three times as much, um, <laughs> just because of how much ass there is to bump off. But yeah, no, I completely agree, and that was really the standout of the thing. You talked about you know Yamato and and Shingo, and their chemistry is great, and again BB Hulk is there. Although you know the the spot with BB Hulk hitting like a Canadian destroyer, and then the counter getting caught, and the dragon screw Lego, that was a cool little spot for BB Hulk in 2022 to be able to pull off. I mean, shit, like this guy sometimes walks like they have like, he's got absolutely no back left and can barely move, and like to be able to do that was kind of neat. Um, but that said, I mean, even in a in a match with Shingo and Yamato the best stuff was Kakuda and, and Shingo. And like, it was fantastic. I mean, Kakuda really looked like he had something to prove. You talked about it there. He really turned it up and I'll say it. Cause you, you know, you mentioned before we started recording a, a, an episode title name. So obviously I think maybe you watched the show, but the, the Shingo versus Taichi match um, presented as the main event and the special stipulation and all the stuff that was going on there. Um, by the end of the match, I found myself kind of saying, I think Kakuda did a better job of selling to the aura and the legend of Shingo and really living up to it with his own intensity than, than Taichi did in a big main event. And I came out of that match going like, am I missing something here? Like, I feel like the, the story of this match doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what the fuck is the point here. But meanwhile, Kakuda like 100% got it. Like, this was something he had something to prove here and big time had something to prove. And, and he did it. Obviously the context is a lot different, right? But you would think that Tai Chi in that setting, it's the, it's like an anniversary show for him. It's a, his own kind of, I don't know. It's not really his promotion, but you know, adjacent he's in the main event. It's a big spot and a big show. It should be, you know, a special stipulation. You would think that he'd have something and it was a good match. Don't get me wrong, but he did not, you know, live up to my expectations of what he should be doing and something like that to really, really sell it. And like, okay, whatever, like they're both in New Japan together. So maybe it's not the same as this with Shingo showing up to Dragon Gate and having something to prove against like a legend. And like you said, this is not just a Dragon Gate legend, but this is a legend of all wrestling. This is a, I mean, coming out of this, both matches, I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm like, Shingo is first ballot hall of fame kind of guy right like shingo is a legendary all-time wrestler right gwe contender kind of guy and really deserves that talk i think some people are overblown when they say shingo number one but it's kind of tough to to nest not like completely argue with it when you really think about it um like this is a guy who you i i don't completely agree with it but i i can understand the people who really are that into Dragon Gate that like Shingo is the number one of all time? If, if you're someone that's like done the watch, done the watching and done the work, like 
No, there's nothing wrong with saying Shingo is top ten. Like if you like if you've watched him, like and if you're someone that's been watching, like Shingo is one of those super rookie type of guys. So a guy that's like literally been good since day one of his career and is still great now. Like yeah, the case for sure exists. So like no, this I'm 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 with you there when it comes to Shingo, when it comes to Shingo for sure. Um, yeah, but I just I'm just Kakuta is going to be an interesting guy because. My fear is like, will he become like the big R of his generation of guys, where he's clearly really good and really talented, but maybe it's just like not like super appreciated in the way which leads to like be like getting like championship rings. Where like big R is pushed, like we can't act like big R isn't pushed or not appreciated. Like big R has plenty of twin gate stuff, has plenty of triangle gate stuff, like. He's gotten Dreamgate shots, but has never actually won the belt himself. And I'm wondering if Kakuda is headed towards a future like that. I would hope not. And it does. This match at least felt like a step in the right direction for not having something like that because this was a big situation and he stepped up to the plate and knocked it out of the park. As we both kind of talked about that, I think the him being added to decourage at the point where decourage is becoming kind of the focal point of the promotion i think speaks to that he's not necessarily going to stay at that level because not only do they believe in him to put him there but it's obviously working because you know again i don't follow this stuff but i gotta give credit to you know mike spears and and uh the the voices uh, or the open the voice gate dragon gate podcast guys like they actually pay attention to this stuff and decourage is working. They're drawing as the, the top uh, stable in the company and they're selling merch and they're getting over. So um, you can say Yoshioka is the reason for that, but it's the unit. So Kakuda is part of that and give him some credit for actually getting over. Right. And again, right here showing it. Um, one thing that crossed my mind earlier, so to get to it later specifically in this match is how long Shingo has been gone from Dragon Gate. And like this match obviously has two people that he's connected with, but just how different the rest of the roster is comparatively from now until from when Shingo left till now, this is a completely different company. And it's really is shocking, like kind of glaring to even see like the entire time that he's been gone in the company, new Japan that he's been in, is basically exactly the same. Like the, nothing has changed. They're yeah, now compared talking to like, about yeah. But compared to like now, like you know, for the last time Shingo was there, like the guys that were the young guys now, like are like winning Dream Gates. Like right, shoot, like you know, Ben K was still Fuda Nakamura. <laughs> you know, right. You know, you, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Like like that's like how far back? Like that's how far? That's how long has been? Like. Ben K, Shun, and Yuki Yoshioka have all won have all won the Dream Gate since then. That's 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 really crazy to put in perspective. Right. Yeah. It's like if you look at when the last time he Shingo was in New Japan, like versus like when he showed up, or like the last time he was in Dragon Gate compared to when he showed up to New Japan, it's like nothing has changed like it really has just the complete same company in new japan and dragon gate is just night and day a whole nother place um and it speaks to 
kind of, yeah, like the young guys getting shots, getting pushed up the cart. And obviously, I would say there's proof that like this is that this is the right way to be doing it because you hear the stories that New Japan Bushi Road um, corporate is saying, you guys need to figure out a way to do this faster. You guys got to get these these young boys pushed and and in prominent positions quicker. And it's like, look at Dragon Gate, and they're they're honestly actually doing exactly what they're pushing for New Japan to start doing. So I just I can't say you know. Although you, know, you could argue, well, the proof will be in the pudding, and we'll see what happens when it when they pull the trigger. But I just think like Dragon Gate is doing pretty well, and they continuously keep things fresh this way, and they can recycle their rosters pretty quick. And, so, keep, and keep in we'll mind, see. like you know, you know, as Dragon Gate fans, I know you're not as much anymore, but you can attest to like Dragon Gate dragged their feet on doing this for a long time. They right. like really dragged their feet with this. So the fact that there is positive momentum going when it, like what like having Yukioki Yuki Yoshioka on top is like just a really good thing to see when that company. For so long, dragged his feet. Like, do we? Do we don't. We don't have to re, like relitigate all the T Hawk stuff, you know. Right. And when like ha- and having to deal with the fact that T Hawk was right there was a fantastic wrestler. And yeah, like, like we're not gonna say he was perfect, and there were some things that we should have worked on. But like the fact that Ben K won a Dreamgate and that T Hawk didn't showed a clear change in philosophy and realizing that they needed to actually get those guys established. So New Japan would. New Japan has needed to do that for a long time. I think the pandemic, for sure, really fucked them up in some regards. But they've been needing to do that. Naito's 40. Okada is Okada. Tanahashi's winding down. You have Jay White, but do you really have Jay White? Like, there's a bunch (sighs) going on there. Like, they they gotta do it. (laughs) No. I mean, you know, this is not a, like, a Wrestle Kingdom podcast. This is not a New Japan podcast. The point is not to talk about all that, but yeah, like all that stuff that you just said there is like so it's just obviously very true. And it's like time to freshen things up. And they've got the talent to do it. Just like you could argue Dragon Gate is in a worse position than New Japan is to, for pushing young guys. Um, and they're doing a really good job of it. Like, really, because Dragon Gate a big part of it was the Exodus and so many of the older top talent disappearing. That you didn't have, you didn't even have the old generation there to give the rub to the new guys. They had to figure it out, kind of, you know, their own way, and they did. I mean, we talked about Ben K winning the 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 Dreamgate, but he wins it from Pac, and like obviously that was very lucky. But Pac kind of had to come in and stabilize things at a time when a lot of shit was like fucking weird, right? And him coming in and being a stabilizing force and kind of taking all the attention away from a lot of other stuff going on. Um, really helped to at least like give Ben K something, <laughs> you know, something like someone to beat that actually meant something. Um, and that's, a, that was a big deal at the time. And then obviously the stuff was Shun. Um, and now they're in a really good place where they actually have some established stars that they can make something with. And then we get into the main event here and uh, Ben K versus Yuki Yoshioka for the Dreamgate title. This is uh, Yoshioka's fifth defense of the, of the title, as you mentioned. Um, and one thing that I, I was another one I said I was going to get to it when we get to it, but the commentary, uh, Dragon Gate J, really sets it into perspective. And again, who knows? The English commentary can always be weird. It feels like J is actually a lot more integrated into things 
than some of the other English commentators are to where when he says some stuff, I actually really think he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the future plans and what's going on. But he talked about kind of the this class that both of these members, that both of these guys are from, and that Ben K was the first, or yeah, Ben K was the first uh, quickest person to win the Dreamgate title from their debut to winning the title. Shun was the youngest champion, and now y- Yoshioka doesn't have those accolades for his class, doesn't have those accolades to to be able to win, so he's going to just try to be the greatest Dreamgate champion. Um, and that's why I think that the idea that he's going to beat Shun and continue on with the title for quite a while, I don't think is out of the question, because I do believe that there's something to Jay saying that, and there's something to that fact, that for to, his uh, class... To, to, to that point... Oh, um, I'll say that uh, Shun had six successful defenses. Right. So, so yeah. if we have, if we're at, yeah, we're, we're at five. We're at five now with Yuki. Shun will be the right. six. So yeah, like you're, you're like that's just adding in like the, even that little bit right there is like adding in like even more like stakes and like investment and like can Shun stop him before he gets to that sixth defense? Yeah. Exactly. No. And that's actually perfect. And that's like great booking there that you don't even really didn't cross our mind until we put it together right here. But it's a great way to tell that story that Shun doesn't want him to be a greater dragon or yeah, be a greater uh, Dreamgate champion than him by having more defenses. So we'll see. But I do think that there's a good chance that he continues on beats Shun and then make one more defense after that. We'll see. I don't know. Or maybe even longer. But uh, that said, this match itself um Yoshioka is just a phenomenal seller. I mean, obviously his offense is great, but what really made this match was the selling and the the way that that kind of Ben K and I don't I don't know that Ben K really does this kind of stuff often, not to my recollection, but like kind of focusing on working the midsection and Yoshioka was selling it throughout the entire match basically to set up his his finishing moves um i thought was a really great detail of it of the of the story of the match and really added to the complexity of it um and like i said yoshioka great selling when yoshioka is in control his offense is kind of high impact all over the place kind of really great kind of all-arounder type who can do you know everything i guess there's not really much technical wrestling not a lot of grappling and, and submission holds in that but a lot of like he just he, he just ex- he just strikes. executes really well everything that he does yeah. like just looks really 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 good um on point and to your Super point crisp. about yeah uh, and to your point about like the selling like that's like really the high point that like the the main strong suit for both of these guys which is why i think that made it this made a really interesting match and i feel like that's the strong suit for both of them like ben k isn't exactly like a Gucci level for like just kind of like well Ben K isn't big at all but like he's big within the context of Dragon Gate but like sure. for this quote unquote like big like big guy who doesn't really have to bump, who shouldn't have to bump and sell the way that he does but like he does it anyway type of type of guy Ben K is really really good at selling and still bumps his ass off ridiculously like even like again like these guys are from the same 2016 class Six years later, Ben K still bumps just at a ridiculous level for a guy that, that just doesn't have to. It just takes some like fucking ridiculous bumps all the all the time. His selling is great. His selling is fantastic. 
And same thing with Yuki Yoshioka here was making him such a compelling champion compared to like Shun, where like Shun was really dazzling and spectacular to watch. And I love watching Shun matches, but I don't think Shun was as great of a baby face as Yuki is. I don't think I don't think Shun is necessarily as like great in in those like little in between bits before the finishing stretch as Yuki is. I don't find him as engaging, at least for me. So I feel like that's what's making Yuki stand out here for sure. Is like I think I think his selling is really carrying all these matches where you know dream the dream gate can get a little boring and you can get law and you can feel like oh here was the limb work for nothing and then they're doing this and like that like that happens it's a thing that does happen even if it gets overblown and like how consistent it is how often it is it's a thing that happens and i feel like yuki's selling is strong enough his facial expressions are strong enough the timing of things is so is is well done enough as to where like he overcomes all of that to the point where they become non-issues and all you're getting is just really consistent great performances like this i don't think this is the best Dream Gate match he's had, I think the Mochizuki match is really fucking amazing, and like will probably have a good spot on my match of the year list, because I adore that match, but this this is just another feather in the cap for what's been a spectacular year for this fucking guy, I mean like literally, like who would have seen this coming anywhere? Who would have seen like something like this coming anywhere, at least to this extent? From when he unmasked as Dia Inferno to, do, to doing this, like who who would have who thought that? And he just he's he just had an incredible year. Yeah, no, so far it's been a great title run. It's had tons of solid matches. The stuff you talked about there, the little details, the the even like um it was just a little spot he hits, I can't even remember what it is, but he hits something out of the, the corner and then he's kind of just like stepping over Ben K as he's going to the top rope and he puts his arm right in the position for Ben K to grab it. And just that little spot I thought thought was like such a cool little thing. So that Ben K kind of grabbed his foot to stop him on the way to the top rope um, and cut him off. And that was just like a great, such a great little, again, little detail there. The tough, tough part for me is just Ben K's spears always look like dog shit. I just, I, he just really does not throw himself into them at all. He really just like kind of grabs them and throws his legs to the side and it just, I wish that he, it, I don't even really care that much. He could just not do that move as like a main fucking move. Cause it just, it hurts them. It hurts the moves and everything, especially in something like this, where you have so much crisp, nice looking offense from Yoshioka to have Ben K hitting those spears that look like that. It just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Um, and then that also said Yoshioka, this was maybe the first time I really kind of noticed it or, or kind of thought about it, but Yoshioka's frog splash just, I haven't seen a frog splash that has that kind of violence and aggressiveness and like really comes across so damaging. Like since like Rob Van Dam, it's like very different. It doesn't look like the Rob Van Dam style, but that same level of like chaotic, like violence to it, like really feeling like a finishing move like that has not, I've not seen since like Rob Van Dam. So I was pretty impressed with that too. So yeah, great, good stuff. Uh, Obviously moving forward, uh, We'll see what continues on. And there's a lot of like good, there's a lot of interesting story left in this title reign, I think, to where it could continue on for a while. Um, and like I said, it's still working. So it's, it's, it's drawing and it's doing well. Um, that said, do you want to move on? Did you watch the stuff from the, the just tap out show? I watched some of it. Yeah. 
All right. What did you uh what did you watch that you think was worth talking about? Um I saw Suzu Suzuki versus uh uh Tomoka and in, in, uh Inaba. I saw yeah. the Minoru Suzuki tag, I saw the Shingo Taichi uh last man standing, and I watched the Hiromu uh and Taka two or three falls. Okay. I would actually recommend you know, I'm not telling you, but just in general, the Suzuki Goon versus Unchained tag. Um, it's kind of oh long. yeah 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 that's like, okay yeah but I did watch okay. that. You did watch okay. Um, yeah. Maybe you said that and I misunderstood what you said. Because um, I was thinking maybe you were talking about the the El Desperado and Lance Archer versus Nah Damnation. Okay, so you didn't see that. No, I didn't see Which that. Was, we I watched the that Suzuki was fine tag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you said Suzuki tag and I was just thinking Suzuki. Anyways. Um, yeah, that was good. Uh, Suzu Suzuki and uh, Tomoka Inaba, like fucking goddamn, this is great. I don't what I don't understand what the deal is with Suzu Suzuki. And I like meant to maybe <laughs> ask some people who do know, because I don't get why she's not signed to like a big company and it makes it hard not i hate to even say this because inaba is good but suzu suzuki is so great that i don't really believe her losing um and i don't understand why she's like not the champion you know what i mean like why she isn't just always winning winning all the championships and signed to like major companies i don't but i guess japan can be different and people like want to stay freelance or whatever but i just really don't i don't get it she's fucking phenomenal like everything she does looks brutal intense violent Again, we talked about it with Yoshoka, but everything she does has that extra snap, and her selling is fucking phenomenal. That said, I mean, obviously, it takes two to to dance here, and Inaba is insanely skilled and knocks off some really good looking strikes at times. Um, pretty decent at doing like some fighting spirit stuff. Maybe not the best seller in the world. Doesn't have that that next level, but yeah, Suzuki just Suzu Suzuki just comes across like. You know, just she's just at that next level when it comes to basically everything. I mean, yeah, this is all entirely by choice that she's not signed to stardom or anything. That's all entirely by choice. So you gotta take, you gotta take that up with her. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. Yeah, she 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 just she just enjoys what she's doing right now. And look, she's twenty. Like eventually, eventually, probably she'll wind up having like more of a run. In like in a, in a in a stardom, even if she doesn't like sign full time, she's she's really young, so she'll she'll have like one of those runs at some point anyway. And really, she's just like going around building her name, uh, so just becoming like a bigger, more household name. And she go around and you know face the Chihiro Hashimoto's and the uh, Chihiro Hashimoto's and the Matsumoto's of the world and things like that. Like go around build your build your name build your name up build up the build up the uh, the prominence brand. Because that's, you know, the, the exodus of ice ribbon and everything. So, like, go ahead and keep building up that brand, building up that company. And that's who she's loyal to at the moment. And, like, show, like you know, with, with your freelance and you have a, have some sort of a name, like, they'll bring you in and give in, give you a run, a little bit yeah. of a, uh, you know, bring, come, bring you in and have you as a challenger of the month and stuff like that. So I feel like that's probably, like, the goal for her right now. But I I, you, I feel like you'll see Suzu and uh in bigger spots for sure. I don't think she's just gonna stay in prominence uh for like you know for like forever or anything like that. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, even to me, like you say stardom, and obviously they're kind of the biggest Joshi company, but you know, she might be one of these ones where it makes sense to kind of do the cyber agent thing and, and because then she can do Tokyo Joshi Pro and DDT. Because I think she fits in a lot better kind of on that side so that she can do kind of that mix of doing hardcore deathmatchy stuff, you know, uh, intergender and then also working in a Joshi company. I mean, obviously the biggest problem there is she basically in Tokyo Joshi Pro, she only has two people that she can wrestle and have good matches with. But, uh, you know, otherwise I think that she kind of you know, but again, my point is more just like, why would, but again, Japan is different. It's not like in America where everybody just is going to sign with the company. Some people actually like being freelance. Although I guess that things are about to change, it seems, because FTR, right? They're going to take a year off and just go freelance. Um, according to, you know, the bald guy, that's what he's said maybe on his new podcast. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything um, about that, but yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I I hadn't really crossed my mind until just now, but I mean, obviously that was the rumor that they said they're not going to sign a contract or whatever, but it's like, wait a minute. Like when you think about it, how is that any different than like wrestlers in Japan who just choose to be freelance? Like, and no, now we can almost end up in a place where it can maybe kind of be like that in America. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see what even winds up happening with that, but that's an interesting, but that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Personally, like I don't really, like with the new Japan stuff, if that was like the thing, they're gonna be freelance and they're gonna work with New Japan and this and that, and maybe do some like, AEW. Show. I just, I just don't really get it. Like, I understand the appeal of working in Japan, but like, like you know, unless you're gonna sit there, I, I get it. Like, you know, Zoshihashi and Godo, they've been like consistent with them as a team, and it's gonna be Aussie Open. But like, other than that, like, what are you going there to to do? I don't really get it, but eh, you know, like. Well, at least for a tag team, I don't really get it. Like for guys that like want to sure. remain as a tag team, I don't get it. Aussie Open aren't going to be a tag team forever. Like Mark Davis has a different like window of time than Kyle, than Kyle Fletcher has. Like they're just not going to be a tag team forever. So like right. I understand those two going with FTR. I don't really get it, but you know. Like... Yeah, I mean, yes. For sure. But there is also when you think about it, I mean, or if you think about it, and this is a, a diatribe that we do not need to be going on. But um, I mean, them being freelance might be better for it going to Japan because they could kind of do anything then. And then, as you said, like, who, who are they going to wrestle in New Japan? And that might be part of it. Like, nobody. But who could they wrestle? Like, would you want to see FTR versus the astronauts? Right. Like, and you could get that somewhere outside of New Japan. Um, you could do I'm just, it, it just makes it, that's me banking on FTR being like big enough wrestling nerds or like being so interested in their craft that they're willing to like go to big Japan probably not get paid that much just to battle the astronauts sure. right yeah I know it's probably not likely but uh, yeah it's like yeah what promotions in Japan are actually going to be able to pay them but you never know man sometimes Sometimes uh, these guys do, 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 also... do, 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 do I feel like Dax and Cash are like so into Japanese wrestling that like you know I really I really go want I really want to go over there and wrestle Higuchi and uh, and uh, Naomi Oshimura like yeah like <laughs> like I just I just don't have that type of confidence in them so like I don't know that's fair that's fair that's fair I mean yeah yeah I guess there isn't there and there still isn't like a ton of you know, tag teams in the Japanese scene, even still. 
Um, I don't know. Now I'm trying to think. Okay, well, could, they could take on Zebrax. Could you see Shun and Diamante versus FTR? That sounds fun. Um, oh, that sounds fun. That's, yeah, like, there could... there's a bunch of fun stuff to come up with. Like, right? Like you know, it's just the likelihood of these things. Like, very... yeah, like what? Are, like, what are they gonna go do? That's just something I'm curious. That's just something I'm curious about. Well, maybe they can go to JTO and they can wrestle Suzuki and Doki. Um, or they could even take on the Unchained team of Jun Kasai and and uh, Tokiaki Ah Tomo Akihanma. Um, <laughs> as we transition back to this match that was fucking intense. You tell me if FTR watched this tag team match, they wouldn't want to wrestle both these teams, right? No, of course they would. Of course they would. Uh, you can go. You can go ahead. Go ahead first on this. Yeah, this is fucking awesome. Quadruple juice. They come out, start the match, and Shun basically, or I don't even know really what he said. And I said Shun, like I'm talking about fucking uh, Shun Skywalker. So June Kasai grabs the mic and is basically, without me looking up translations or checking it out, really sounds like he says like, "Oh, you're the, you know, you're a wrestler." You came here to wrestle or whatever, but I want to fucking bleed. I want to fight and let's make this no disqualification. And Suzuki being the psycho that he is, is just like, fuck it, let's do it. And then they go absolutely nuts. Chairs, violence, blood. They're all fucking all four end up pouring blood. Suzuki continues to mix in his, you know, MMA gimmick because that's what Suzuki's is. He's a gimmick. Um, It's fucking phenomenal. The guy is great. The blood. I mean, Jesus Christ, Suzuki, you know, and this is why. We talk about like Suzuki being on a different level than a lot of other people being the king, the way people talk about the way that he works, all this and that four people get color in this match. And Suzuki is the best, right? Even in there with guys who are fucking death match legend, like Jun Kasai Hanma, who's, you know, dabbled in plenty of death matches and Doki, who I think he scuzzed it around before he was in new Japan. I think he's like a, a um, was uh, one of the people who would work like DTU in Mexico and stuff like that, if I remember correctly. Um, so like he he knows his way around a death match. Um, but the best fucking blade job of the of the show of the match is Suzuki fucking because it just looks epic. The blood, the way that it comes down, everything about him. Um, yeah, phenomenal match, violence, chaotic, just great, great stuff here. And this is like this is where you talk about that, like wrestling can be anything like wrestling can be anything. It's so weird to me when people say like they don't like certain kind of wrestling or whatever. Like, I'm sorry, like you can everything can be done well. And this is like just shows it right here. No, this was like really fun, just all across the board. I mean, like I said, this is people bleeding off all, all over the place. And you get all these really cool and interesting combinations of people like Minoru Suzuki and Junkasai having like a crazy express having a crazy facial expression uh standoff basically. Like, you know, yeah. who can who can make who can make who can make the crazier faces, who can be the crazier guy. You know, if you kept up with New Japan at all over the last 10 years, like Suzuki and Hanma have pretty good chemistry. You know, they just have like some really dope chemistry with each other. So like that's a, so like that so that's a pairing that's always gonna like yield good results and Hanma, even in his like even in his like limited days now, uh, and Suzuki with being what he is right now, like they can still produce something that's like really awesome pro wrestling just on a visual level. And uh Doki, like I'm I'm glad people are starting to come around to Doki. Like for a few years, people just always were really dismissive of him. And I'm glad people are sort of like real like there's a spot for him. There's room for him on the roster. He's a 
perfectly fine and really fun guy whenever when like in the, in the chances he's given. So I thought this was I thought this was great and a bunch of fun. Yes, it's bloody and you know the people that like don't like blood are like oh you guys only like this because because they're bleeding and it's like okay yeah sure probably but like other than that these guys are these guys are, these guys had a really fun match. Yeah, no, this was this was great, and like I said, like blood, chairs, gimmicks, bullshit, whatever that that really didn't matter. It was like all about the it was all about the match and the drama and and you know the visuals and just checking it out. Just shut your brain off. Don't fucking judge. The, I just I get so I get so annoyed. I got like in a little fucking spat with someone recently, like someone who was just like, oh, you know, I just think every Canadian destroyer looks bad or whatever. And it's like, man, like you can't do that. You can't just say this thing is always bad because it's just not the case. Like whatever, like you see a lot of them are bad, but you can't just decide before you watch, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry, this was great. And the crowd was great all night on this show. Like, yeah. Um, semi-main event, best two out of three falls match, Taka Hiromu. They only do, they go Hiromu winning two straight. Um, I thought that they did this, they did this really well just to like, kind of, I guess, doing it well is kind of a, an interesting way to say that because like you could say they really dismissed the the stipulation they did it like they did it well as a way to like kind of just like have the stipulation but not really have it count um so you know if that's what they were looking for they did that well i guess you could argue like just don't have a two out of three falls match because the first pin is kind of a fluky roll-up thing and then they really just work a regular like a normal match after that um that was pretty solid um I, you know, I dug Taka scuzzing it around. I was really caught myself thinking a bunch about just like how weird this is. Um, that the promotion is called Just Tap Out because kind of like a weird timing thing and a bunch of other stuff that happened, right? Um, because Taka like was making the catchphrase Just Tap Out kind of like his slogan while he was in New Japan. But it was really based around um, Zack Sabre Jr. and just telling people to just tap out to Zack, right? Um, so it was just kind of interesting that I'm like, he like named his promotion after like telling people to tap out to Zack. This is very weird. <laughs> I was just thinking about that and how weird it was. And the only reason why this promotion really exists and isn't just the same promotion that Taka had before was because of like uh getting in trouble for infidelity and getting sent home from new japan or whatever oh oh um, um real quick just since yeah. i'm looking at this um do you know who the independent junior heavyweight champ of jto is no i do okay, not you ready? I, I didn't i don't i don't even know that they have titles who is it the, the so there's a king of jto championship Okay. I'll ask you if you know who that is in a second, but the independent junior heavyweight champion of JTO is Naoki Tanizaki. Huh. That's when. When was the well, last I, time? I, I, I guess I guess it's more like a Dove Pro Championship, maybe, but it's listed on Cage Match as a uh, JTO belt, so it must huh. have been defended defended on there at some point. But there's a king what? of JTO championship and a queen of JTO. Queen of JTO was Tomo, Tom, Tomoko Anaba. Uh, yeah. And would you like to know who the king of JTO is? 
I sure would. <laughs> Yasu Arano. Yasu Arano. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I literally almost all of these champions, except for um Koka and Eva, because I saw her on the show, I would have you could have told me that they don't wrestle anymore, and I would have assumed that that was correct. That Yasu is... Arano, I have not thought about in a very long time. Still, 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 still making, still making DDT appearances. Okay, well, he wrestled on he wrestled on DDC at least. It looks like nine times, uh, ten times this year. Huh. All right. Well, I guess I had a DDT I match last week. Better attention. Last week, he didn't, I set, set, behind. I guess. Yeah, he was in a uh, he was in a untitled staggered entrance rumble with Saki with, with, with Saki Akai Hiroshima. Koji Takeda, Makoto Oishi, Yasu Rano's in it, Yukio Sakaguchi, Yusuke Okada, and Yuya Kuroku. All right. Yep. Why does this company have titles? Like, I've never I've never seen a title match on a Just Tap Out show. Even Companies have titles, man. Companies have titles, man. We just reviewed the Inaba match and she it was a non-title match. Like, she's on the show. She won the match. Why wasn't that just a title match? Uh, look, hey, look, you're asking, you're asking a lot of questions here. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't be putting any thought into this. <laughs> you're uh, you're but... asking, a lot, asking a lot of questions, man. I'm so I'm I apologize. Um, Jesus Christ, this is JTO is such a fuck again. JTO is such a weird fucking company. That was the like I just kept thinking about that while I was watching this match. Um, and then I was thinking about like, and I just pulled this up right now, but like. This company is named after Taka's catchphrase that was about Zack Sabre Jr. And I don't know that Zack has ever wrestled in this company. Uh, I don't Once. feel like he has. I looked it I up feel... one time. One time? Tagging with Suzuki. Oh, oh, wow. You're going to have fun with this. Okay. Yeah. So the lineage of the King of GTO, King of JTO Championship is Taka, obviously. Sure. Um, Taka had title matches. Uh, okay. There were title. There, there have been matches for the title. Uh, there the, the guy uh Ryuya Takakura, who's the second champion, and okay. the third champion is going to blow your fucking mind. Are you okay. ready? I'm ready. Cannon from DDT. That is, I mean, that's not surprising because, like, I I knew he was a JTO student it's okay, kind of okay, crazy okay. that he was the champion of this yes. company that i didn't know had titles mm. uh especially because he's like relatively young he was also in the match that zach saber jr had in just tap out oh really okay yeah it was a submission tag with canon and and somebody else um ren ayaba uh the title gets vacated is. The, t- okay. the title gets vacated when he Takakura goes to DDT, obviously. Uh, the Takakura gets to, gets it, and now Yasu Arano has been holding the belt for fifty five days, and he has not defended the belt yet. Awesome! That, but I mean, he did beat Takakura for it in Corken Hall. Uh, this is we okay. This is now a, a JTO podcast. I guess we're just gonna have to go through the history of all of these matches. <laughs> Start reviewing them. 
I don't know if you can find them. They have house shows. Takamichi and Oku won the title on a house show. Right. I guess that makes sense. Maybe it was their first. Uh, let's, let's see if Anaba has defended the belt. She has defended the belt. She um, okay. she defended it on July 9th versus um, Aoi. And on uh, October 7th versus Misa Kagura. Um, Kagura. I don't think I know who that is, actually. Just, just, just ask Corvo, I guess. I guess. They, 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 yeah, Cody would be... I mean, Corvo would be the only person who would know. Um, Jesus Christ. Man, this company is ridiculous. Uh, um, Anaba is also, you... also a two-time oh. champion, by the way. Who? Anaba? She, yeah, she's also a two-time champion. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, rack up the... <laughs> Gotta rack up the number of times a <laughs> champion. Gotta trade that thing around a bit. The Independent Junior Heavyweight Championship. Jesus Christ, what it? Okay, yeah, this is not a JTO title. I know, but it's like it's not. A, but it's list, it's listed on cage matches a JTO belt. So right. like... yeah, I pulled it up and like it's okay. This is like a Michinoku Pro. It's a Union Pro Championship, actually. Oh, maybe fuck, even better. No, it's a Michinoku. I think originally it's a Michinoku Pro Championship. No, actually, okay, no, 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 no. Looks like originally it's an FMW title. Okay, like how, let's see how far this thing goes. Fuck it, this dude. It goes back. It's all the way to Sasuke. It's going back to fucking yeah. Sasuke. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is a, Satanic. This is an FFW Satanico title. had this belt. This is not. This is, is this that's Satan, This is not that Satanico. There's no way. This it's fucking Sasuke one of the best wrestling Superboy SoCal Legend Superboy. Is this um, really fucking Satanico? It looks like it is. It's gotta it's, be, man. It yeah, this is Satanico. This title, yeah, this is. Minora Tanaka had it. Kota Ibushi held it. Yeah, this yeah, it, wow, this, this is yeah, this is Satanico. Ricky Fuji. This is Satanico. That's fucking crazy. High sixty nine wow. before he was high sixty nine, and then after he was high sixty nine, he also won it a second time. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah so fucking El Satanico, one of the best wrestlers ever, held this belt of all time. Yeah. Um, I mean, another another few like, other like you know all time greats and some borderline all time greats: Naoki Sano, Minoru Tanaka, Akuto Hadaka, yeah. Abushi. Who else we got on here? Ricky Fuji. Oh, Asami Kadaka. Indie, indie <laughs> Sleep Royalty. See, here we go. <laughs> We've got uh... Elsa, Elsa, Elsa Tanako, and Ken Oka have held the have held the same belt. Yes, that is now currently held by uh, Mr. Dolphin, Mr. QQ Tenazaki <laughs> Dolphin. That's um, fucking that's fucking ridiculous. Bear. Yeah, <laughs> that's so I fucking ridiculous. Is this Oscar? No. This is okay. This is current. The current Oscar. Yeah, 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 yeah Benny. Yeah. Ah, uh, what a title! What a title! Oh, I mean, <laughs> I guess we even talk about the rest of the show. Um, I mean, your thoughts on, on Taka versus Hiromu? <laughs> oh, no, it was. Do you it have was anything? Fine. It was. Yeah, no, it was, it was I th- like, uh, yeah, like I said, same same thing with Shingo Taichi. Um, um. I'm just Shingo does what he can. He's yeah. Shingo has has tried some really difficult tasks this year. At least he's asking me of 
to watch like long gimmick matches against ELP and Taiji. Right. Uh, Shingo and is I, doing. He's trying hard. And like I don't, I don't hate these matches. Right. I don't hate them. I don't think they're terrible. It's just you're asking a lot from me here. But Shingo's individual performances in these matches have been really, really good. I'm a bit of a of a Tai Chi apologist at times. Not like over the top, no, no, like no, some freak. This is this isn't like anti Tai Chi. This is more. I don't want to see Tai Chi wrestle for thirty minutes in a gimmick match. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really don't. Like, Especially like, not like, this like, gimmick. Like, like, I, 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 I thought Taichi just had the best match of the G1 or whatever year that was versus Ibushi. Was, was that last right. year? Like, I thought he just had the best match of the Ooh. G1. So, like... like Okay, now so I'm going to look I this think... up because you saying last year actually makes me think that it might actually be like three years ago or something crazy. I really no, do think No, there's no... Ago. No, don't fuck with me like yep. that. There's no yes, way. I, I think so. Don't fuck with, don't fuck okay, with me like okay, that. Okay, 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 okay. Fair. It was in 2020. Was that 2020? It was 2020. Fuck. So God, it was damn. not last year, but it was not three years ago. It was actually literally right in between those two things. But like, I think, the, but that was like the G1 that was like in the fall, right? Yes, because of the Olympics and COVID or whatever. Okay. All right. Okay. I feel I feel, I feel a little bit better then. Yes. God, but it was two years fucking, ago. Fucking blur. But okay, yeah. all right. But he just had like, but like, I thought he had the best match of the G one that year when he right. when he when he wrestled when he wrestled Abushi. So like, is this is far from an anti Tai Chi sentiment? I just would prefer to not watch Tai Chi wrestle for thirty minutes, and I'd also prefer it not be a gimmick match. But <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah, this is like the thing where it's out. You're just like fucking old people. Sometimes their brains break from nostalgia-ness because I heard Meltzer talk about this match and he was like really into it, but he kept talking about like the gimmick and just being into the Texas Deathmatch stipulation because nobody does it anymore. And like it used to be a big thing in the, you know, when he was a kid in the territory in San Francisco. And I was just like, when I then watch the match, I'm just like, man, you're like, your brain has become weak from old. You're like nostalgic for the match type. You're overlooking the fact that this match kind of stinks. You know, like one, the okay, the funniest detail from the match that I just think like really stood out to me was that you could tell that the match was going long, uh, not necessarily just because of the pacing, but because of the way that Tai Chi paced taking off his pants. <laughs> because if, when his match is going quick he rips his pants off fast but he took a very long time to take the pants off so it was like oh like he was building to this as a big spot in the match which I just found very funny um, yeah like it was not it was not great it really was not and this is what I was talking about where Tai Chi Tai Chi just did not feel like I, I was like questioning I'm like is this match meant to be like important to Tai Chi like that he actually cares about this big situation because it feels like he should but he really did not live up to that at all. It was just, it was kind of depressing in that regard that it really did not feel like Tai Chi was trying hard to like have something to prove in a big match against one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. So that just kind of stunk. Um, whatever. That's, that's just step out. <laughs> I'm happy that we went on that long diatribe about the, <laughs> the championships in the history of this company. Um, I guess it's kind of my fault. Uh, Quentin, did you watch <laughs> any of the House of Glory? 
Revelation show? This is not on the list of things it that is you recommend. Not. I mean, no. The only reason why I watched it to see this Loki versus Kenta no contest thing. Um, okay, awesome. The, the, the match was fine, but the finish is so fucking ridiculous. Kenta goes up top for the, the, the warrior's way or whatever, and like a cop comes out and tries to handcuff him to himself, but huh. messes up and just handcuffs Loki, and then Loki just runs off in the middle of the match and then like is arguing and trying to fight the cop and then gets counted out. But then they call it a no contest. Um, yeah, what? it was, yeah, it was a fucking cluster. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I watched, um, I watched some of the uprising show from rev pro. Um, yeah, I watched the whole thing. Well, will Osprey versus Ishii, uh, is about what you expect from a 2022 Ishii match. And Osprey really didn't do much in the way of uh, changing that, which, like, I feel like he has the talent to do so, but, like, in just this capacity, Ishii's back in the UK. This is, like, still a like, kind of, like, special match. Only happened once in the G1. So, like, I think still, I feel like it's only happened once in the G1. Maybe twice, I don't know. But like not like a like a heavily ran match. So like there is like some novelty and cachet behind it. So I get it. Go out there, do the hits, do this. But like I I feel like Osprey and Ishii could have had a better match, but they were in England, so you know, fuck it. Like it's um it's kind of an unfair like to judge him match. Which is why it's very funny for the next thing that I'm going to say after this, because this was kind of a weird make good situation. He was I think he was filling in in an injury kind of situation. Someone was out um, and he happened to be there to fill in. Um, who, are you, who are you talking, and then are you talking also, about? What? Who are you, talk, who are you talking Osprey. about? Osprey. Okay. So I think Osprey is filling in. Um. I don't remember who he's covering for. And then also, I guess Alex Windsor was out injured. So I think I, you know, whatever, you know, this is like backstage drama stuff, but I'm, I'm, I would guess that that's part of the make good was like, she's out. So Osprey's in, you know, around and is going to just be in the tournament or on the show as a make good situation. So kind of a last minute. So I can definitely see why it's not like a, you know, 110% best in the world osprey but as you know a a staple of this podcast and a staple of me on podcast is talking shit about other podcasters um that's why it's extra funny that i listened to the the euro graps express guy lose his shit on this match talking about if you don't like will osprey you don't like wrestling and anybody who talks shit about osprey on twitter is actually just being a, a contrarian troll who's just doing it for, you know, for their own circle jerk of friends, which it was really hard for me to listen to that and not think that he was just like subtweeting uh, Simon on a podcast. Um, But yeah, it was just like, brother of all the Osprey matches to to fucking go to the hilt for this one. This is the Osprey match that you're like, if you don't like Osprey, you just don't actually like wrestling. This match was like, like, like like, like this, like this one, this one, like this, like, like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, you really that guy. I mean, whatever. I I don't listen to that show all the time, but yeah, that there is something weird about people who do podcasts by themselves. I'm just gonna say that. Um, 
Oku and Connor Mills fucking stunk. I was really, really upset that they were like, they could not decide if it was a blood feud or not. And they just could not stick with like the, what tone they were trying to set with the violence and like switching into a wrestling match. That said, how do you feel about Connor Mills cutting the braids? Cause I kind of like it, but I also kind of think that he looked better with the braids actually. Um, I like it. I think maybe he could have gone without cutting his hair. Sure. I don't think he had to taken be the like, go. Yeah, I don't know. Why, you know, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad look. I think he might just say, might take a little getting used to. You know, just I, his new grown-up hair, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think it looks more normal and good for, like, a normal person. But I think it makes him look... He stands out less. Like, the braids were at least something. Now he just looks like nothing. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about on here? The only other thing I would want to talk about would be Zach and, and Leon Slater. Oh, I, I, yeah, I saw that. I thought that was I thought that was the best match on the show that yeah, I saw. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Leon Slater is the most promising rookie that I've seen in the UK since like the Young Guns were first starting out. Um, he's actually good. Um, yeah, he is. He is. I, like yeah. him. I, I think he's very, very good. Yeah, tons of charisma. Hits his stuff. Everything looks clean. Knows when to hit his stuff. Sells. I loved, loved, loved when Slater went for the Euro, the Euro clutch, the Stingray attachment, and that seemed to piss Saber off so much that then he was going even harder when he was grabbing him for the choke out of that and just looked to be like fucking just was seeing red and was just insanely pissed off at the idea that Slater tried to catch him with his own hold. I thought that, that was great and it really plays to the Saber character and really plays to uh, to Leon Slater as the rookie. I thought that that was great. Um, the um the DPW Cody Colby Carino versus uh Soup Takeshita. What did you think? Uh really really good. Probably one of my favorite uh, Takeshita uh matches in the US that I that I've that I've seen. Like yeah. maybe somewhere somewhere like in my top five, maybe. Like I I, I thought this was really good. And I, I just I think I just Takeshita's not that great, but I also really, really like Colby. And I like the way that they approach this and uh and, and, and handled everything and like I thought they worked a really like smart match around everything too but I, I thought this was awesome yeah this was absolutely incredible if Colby is going to WWE I really hope that that's true and that they're going to do something with him because he is just having a fucking banger of a year just insane how good he's been in everything um yeah this is Takeshita I mean I for, I kind of forgot about the Takeshita speedball match um because I saw someone mention that, or no, wait, actually, I did remember that. I thought that was uh, the best uh, speedball match, but I don't necessarily know now with this, like if it's the best Takeshita match, as you talked about on the US on the Indies and stuff. The Moxley match is actually really good. I would highly recommend that as well. But yeah, that second Moxley match is really, really good. Yeah, but it's to something totally different, obviously. This is like, mm -hmm. this is an indie dream match kind of thing with Colby doing his. Um, and really kind of set me off the line or set me down like a fucking road of like checking out other Colby stuff. I've already been kind of on this kick. I think I'm going to end up having Colby probably shockingly high um, by the, the wrestler of the year list because I'm like kind of going back and picking up stuff that I missed throughout his year. And he has he's had such a great year. And one thing that I think has been painfully overlooked because it's been happening in Sean Henderson promotions is that 
2022, Colby Carino has had a feud with Matt Tremont that is fucking awesome. And they just had kind of the blow off of the feud in an I quit match, like relatively recently in December 18th that I just watched. And Jesus Christ, like it is so perfect for a blow off between these two, the drama. And it plays into this, like Colby can have this work rate match with Takeshita. He can also have like a work rate match with, with um, Davy Richards. And then he can also have this insane, he had a like a kind of hardcore deathmatchy brawl with, Jaden Newman, and then also like the biggest drama fucking feud, Onita style, I quit deathmatch with Tremont, all in the same year, and excel at everything. Like under the radar, Colby is maybe in the conversation. He, I don't. Yeah, go ahead. He's really he's, he's really his dad's kid. Yeah, I mean like, he he is, he, he, he true he yeah. truly is Steve's son. It's like, just that's it's like, incredible. That's, like, that's the, that's, yeah, yeah, like that's what that's what made Steve so good too. Obviously, is like the fact that Steve could do all that. Steve obviously was a better talker, and Colby isn't like an awful talker or anything. But like Steve would be like being such a heavy promo guy. But like Steve as a wrestler was really good and could do that all that same kind of like here's the variety, here's me with the great super workers, and here's me having the blood feud. Like that's what made Steve so great, and like Colby's taking yeah. cues from that. Yeah, I mean, it's just. 2022 has been an amazing year for Colby Carino. I think, again, like I said, overlooked to hell. But we'll talk about it when we do the wrestler of the year list because I think Colby's going to end up doing pretty well for me. And it's it's crazy because this is a last minute, just me going back and checking all this stuff out. And Jesus Christ. And if he is signing to WWE, as the rumors say, like I don't know what the fuck they're going to do with him, but they are signing one of the best wrestlers in the world at a time where they actually might do something with a great wrestler. It'll be fucking really impressive. Um, real quick, freelance wrestling. Um, what is it? Deck the halls with balls of fury. The only match I care to talk about is the main event. Is there anything on there that you want to talk about? No, just, just the main event. But you can go. But you can go, yeah. ahead, go ahead and start it. Brian Keith versus Mike Bailey. This was the match I say could be the closest thing to the best speedball match. Probably the best speedball match of the year. Between it's between this and the and the. And the Takeshita match really, um, like for the best match that that he's that he that Speedball has had all year. I mean, this fucking was so goddamn good. Like great matching between the two. You don't think, or at least I don't think of Keith in the same light as a as Speedball. But the kicks trading back and forth, the rope, the bottom rope breaking in this match is like the best that I've seen in forever of actually taking advantage of something like that and weaving it into the story of the match. Because when the bottom rope broke, that became the transition and like told the story of like switching control of the match in the most seamless way where you, it almost felt like it was planned how well they transitioned based around the bottom rope breaking. It was just, fucking nuts that you went from that and then to to speedball trying to use the bottom rope to his advantage to choke Brian Keith with it like it was so incredible the way that that happened and it's one of those things that you just can't obviously you can't plan for right like it just it just happens but up until that point 
Brian Keith had just been completely in control of the match and been running running speedball ragged, and it, it just came out of nowhere on like a, a um, like a baseball slide to the floor. This should have been like kind. Maybe it would have just kind of been whatever, just not, a nothing spot. But the way that they took advantage of it, it became the the key transition of the match. In a, like I like I said, like that's what can make wrestling special. This match was already obviously poised to be very good, and it was very good. But that's like a, a special thing that happened. It's just the you know the bottom rope breaking, whatever it happens. But taking advantage of it and playing it up and using it and making it a key thing that makes the match stand out, I thought was a great deal. And then from there, after that, then it just goes back into being a fucking awesome, epic back and forth you know match between two of the best that are going right now. Um, everything looks phenomenal. Obviously, two on top of being just great strikers amazing sellers it goes back to what we we're talking about with like ben k and yoshioka like the real thing that when it really comes down to it the best matches and the best wrestlers are the best sellers and these two guys are fucking phenomenal at selling um finish was i thought really executed super well with brian keith um the fans the crowd love him the crowd are, are really behind brian keith um and the way that they built it up like the near falls the big bombs everything to close it out and Brian Keith, I thought about this. Brian Keith is the closest thing we have to like that 2016, 2017 Zack Sabre Jr. The guy who can go around the world, can go, or I guess around the country, instantly get over, be a top guy, win championships, feel like a main eventer, feel like the champion, feel like the most important person in the world. Um, and the crowd just lives and dies for him and delivers 100% of the time. Like his matches are always leaving the crowd satisfied at the end of it. And the crowd just absolutely adore him here at the end of this. Quentin, what were your thoughts? I think you pretty much did everything I had there. Um, just, this, I think this is probably my favorite speedball performance of the year is what I was, is what I would say too. Um, I pretty much echo everything that you said there down to the Brian Keith praise and like how everything worked and wound up, it wound up going and like, you know, like working within like the situation to the point where like you wonder if this was planned or not. So I lo I loved all those aspects of it, but I think I would just say like I thought this is the best speedball performance for me this year. And people like we'll I know like we'll probably both have speedball on our list, but like people that there's probably people that are gonna have speedball higher and just are like absolutely yeah. like over the moon about speedball's year, which like. I'm really, I'm really glad for, it, but like, I didn't have a, a bunch of those moments for with me for speedball this year, and like, this is one of the only ones where I'm like, oh yeah, like, this is really like more so the guy that like I was super into while he was like away from the U.S. Yeah, yeah, he's had some good stuff, and there's something, but people are really over the moon for him in a way that yeah, this doesn't transition necessarily to me. I mean, people, there's a lot of people who really say like he should be the wrestler of the year. I don't really see it. Top 10 possible, top 20 for sure. Definitely a lock for that. But as I'm talking about stuff and I'm like breaking things down, I'm like, no, no, no. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that I, I cannot see speedball ahead of like, even just like Colby Carino just talking about, I don't know that I necessarily say speedball has a lot of stuff that stands out the same way that Colby Carino has, like I said, this Tremont feud that is for, three or four matches that are all phenomenal. Speedball doesn't really have anything like that. Like he's got a few really, really good matches and some great performances, but not a lot of ton of stuff that really stands out that way. So uh, again, 
I think this is it. I think this is his best performance. I would have to go back and double check and watch the soup match again because that is it's that one was really, really fucking good, but I also was watching it live. So, you know, maybe I need to, you know, go back and watch it again. Um, either way, Quentin, I feel like that's probably it. We can uh we can head out for the evening unless you got anything else you want to hit. Uh no, I'm good here unless we wanna uh break down uh which battle rappers all the Dragon Gate roster members are. Okay. Um, we unless you want to do something like that, but I feel like that might take a additional uh, five hours to really get into like sure. the nuts and nuts and bolts of it, and to really to really explain why I think uh, Casey is like I don't know fucking like Ilmac or something. I don't care. <laughs> like, like, that I mean, but, <laughs> hey, look, see, he's know? Canadian. I don't know. No, Elmo's from the West Coast. He's from uh. Uh, I'm thinking of. Anyways, doesn't matter. Yeah, but Um. you can follow. You can follow me on Twitter at qt underscore moody. You can follow Tim at rwh dutch. That is going to take some getting used to when I'm doing this. Yeah, you can follow the podcast network at wdkwpn. And if you're feeling as so kind, you can donate to us on coffee and fund our trip to go to Saudi Arabia to go watch Ronaldo play soccer. I know that. Everyone here at the website, podcast network, the Slack are just really enthused to just spend a lot of time in Saudi Arabia. So if you guys would like us to uh to do that and get some live content from uh Evan the soccer guy uh <laughs> covering Saudi Arabian Ronaldo games, then uh please make that happen. But thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. What up nigga? Rap snitches, telling all their business, sitting in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around, get the whole label sent up for years. Uh, rap snitches, telling all their business, sitting in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around, get the whole label sent up for years. Tight profile, low, like eight and paid in full. Attract heavy cash, cut the game centrifugal, Mr. Fantastic. Long though, like elastic. Got my life with twin clocks that's made out of plastic. Stand up brown nosing nigga, fake ass bastard Admiring my style, tall bust through Manhattan Plotting, playing the quickest My flow's the sickest, my hoes be the thickest My dro, the stickiest Street nigga, stamped and bonafide When beef jump niggas come get me Cause they know I ride True to the ski mask, New York's my origin Play a fake gangster like an old accordion According to him, when the D's rushed in Complication from the wild, testimony was thin Cause this man to go up north, the boy hit him again Lame rap snitch nigga, even told on the man Mexican rap snitches telling on their business, sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around, get the whole label center for years. Rap snitches telling on their business, sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around, get the whole label center for years. True, it's rules to this shit. Fools dare care. Everybody wanna rule the world with tears for fear. Yeah, yeah, tell them, tell it on the mountain hill. Running up their mouth, Bill. Everybody doubting still. Informer, keep it up and get tested. Pop through your bubble vest or double breasted. He keep a lab down south in the little beast. So much heat, you would've thought it was the Middle East. A little grease always keeps the wheels a spinning. Like sitting on 23s to get the squealers grinning. Hitting on many trees, feel real linen. Spitting on enemies, get the steel for 10 men with no brain. 
streets with gum flap He said his gun clap Then he fled after one slap Son shut the trap, save it for the bitches Mmm, delicious, rap snitch delicious You know what I'm saying? It's terrible. crazy, man, I'm just analyzing this whole game This is bugged out, man, niggas snitching Telling on their own selves It's a horror, Fuck around, gonna get everybody bag, man Trust Fuck around, get your mama bag, man You know your grandma used to be bootlegging Fake hustling, nigga. <laughs> <laughs>